Welcome to Reading Makes You Better in Bed, a podcast where we tell you what to read, what to watch, and stuff about our relationship you didn't know you wanted to know. I'm Laura. I'm Amy. And we run Secret Book Stuff, a monthly book subscription and a club you actually want to be in. Laura, do you remember the first book I ever bought you? Yes, I do. Oh, I know. I panicked. High Fidelity by Nick Hornby was the first ever book that you bought me. Yes, as a secret book, as we talked about in episode one. So if you haven't listened to episode one yet, pop back on over there. For some context. Anyway, speaking of High Fidelity, our main character, Rob, likes to make lists such as his Desert Island all-time top five most memorable breakups, right? Forming the core of the narrative. So once again, speaking of breakups... Pop back on over to episode one if you haven't listened yet. Speaking of breakups, we have an announcement. <laughs> I can't afford it. So. <laughs> anyway, so we've been talking for years about our top five all-time Desert Island books, yes. right? And it's kind of how we like like to update each other on where our life is at at any given time. It's like, Laura, what are your top five Desert Island books today? Yeah. And then we know how the other is feeling. And they change. And I've actually updated mine as of, you know, a couple of minutes ago. Oh. So I'm pretty excited to actually reveal. So we're going to go through our top five Desert Island books. Starting yes. Starting with. Also in this episode, though, we are talking about in defense of the beauty of hate watching Twilight. A-K-A and Twilight. <laughs> and we quiz each other with secret questions we've prepared to test the strength of our relationship. So Five let's dive on us. in. <laughs> Alrighty, Amy. Your top five Desert Island books. Now, can I just ask before you dive in, when was this list last updated? Two minutes ago. Oof. But only one fresh. of the books is fresh. And it was really difficult for me to add that fifth book in because I like to let it sit for a few years, you know, to make sure that <laughs> a book really deserves to be in that top five Desert mm-hmm. Island book list because the rest of the list hasn't been updated for like five years or so. So even though these books might seem a little dated. Um, Just like you, sweetie. <laughs> oh, I think that breakup's coming a little early. <laughs> so... Would you like to hear my list? Yes, I do. God, get on with it. I also just want to preface this by saying <laughs> that this top five all-time Desert Island books list is not books that I have read several times or that you might think is quite obvious, you know, like it's not your Harry Potters and whatever. It's like books that have really affected me and stuck with me. Deep down to your core. Yeah. Some of them I've only read once, but that's okay. All right. So are we clear on this? I'm clear. All right. So, my top five books. Number one, High Fidelity by Nick Hornby. Oh, it's still there. Top top position. It's still there, top position. Running pole. Let me just tell you quickly, when this book came into my life, I was, humble brag alert, studying creative writing at Oxford University. Yeah, I was 21 and... You peaked. (laughs) (laughs) It was the peak of my life. And I had taken the Penguin Classic version of High Fidelity by Nick Hornby with which me. Which I still have. Which I still have. OG form. And the reason I took it with me was because I'd been meaning to read it for years. Now, for those who don't, who don't know, it was published in the 90s. But the movie came out with John Cusack. And my older cousin, who introduced me to Alanis Morissette, as we discussed last episode also, introduced me to High Fidelity, the movie, which I mm. fell in love with. I'd been meaning to read the book forever. I finally read it when I was over in Oxford. So, and I bloody loved it. I have actually read it a couple more times since then. Gifted it to you for that Christmas. Yeah. Shout out to Arena for being your cool compass. 
Shout out to Irena. And also, the character's name is Laura in it. So I think yeah. that has some special significance. Anyway, number two, Insomniac City by Bill Hayes. <sighs> oh, my goodness. If you so, haven't read this book yet and you have been following us for some quite some time, why? And also, it's so great. It is one of the most beautiful books I have yeah. ever read in my life. It affected me so deeply, emotionally speaking. And quick context of the book, Bill Hayes, the photographer and writer, fell in love with Oliver Sacks when he had moved to New York, Oliver Sacks being the famous neuroscientist, physician, you know, etc. Wonderful man. And it's like snippets from his diaries of that time and wandering around New York City being an insomniac, being in love with Oliver Sacks. It's beautiful. Number three. Hot Little Hands by Abigail Ullman. Still there. Still there. It's a book of short stories all about navigating that space between adolescence and adulthood from a female perspective. Mm-hmm. And number four, Animal People by Charlotte oh, Wood. Yeah. Also still there. That is a great book. Amazing book. One of actually my number one favorite Charlotte Wood book. I thought about putting it in my list actually because it had that much. Is it not in your me. list? No. Oh, because I do know how much that affected you. Yeah. So it is I'm set wet, in the space like of baby at the end of that. Right. It's set in the space of 24 hours and it's just a guy, an average bloke, and his day gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's all I'm going to say about it, but it's an incredible book, so underrated. Number 5, here it is. The big one. The, the new edition. I only read this in 2021 during lockdown. Betty by Tiffany oh, McDaniel. I had a feeling. I had a feeling this might make an impression on you. The reason and on your list. Well, yeah, the reason that I added it was because it had such an effect on me that I cannot stop talking about it. And I have hand to heart never cried so hard mm. as when I have read I'll Betty. To that. I yeah. accidentally walked in and just backed out of the room very slowly. Like <laughs> full on ugly cry sobbing yeah. reading this book. Heaving, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It was a heaving cry. That's a great list. Thank you, doll. So that, that, to clarify, you know, if anyone doesn't know what a desert island list is, these are the books. If you were on a desert island, these are the, the only five books that you can pack with you. You know, that's, that, that's how serious this list is. Definitely. Speaking of serious, to my list, a much more highbrow literary version of what you I knew you were going to make fun of me. (laughs) Can you have a guess? Okay. I'm going to guess. Ready? Yeah, go on. In Cold Blood by Truman Capote, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that you have in there uh, Chloe Caldwell. No. (gasps) You kicked her out. (laughs) What about Chelsea Hodson? Yes. Okay. What's that called again? Tonight on Someone Else. Tonight on Someone Else by... Specifically the essay, um, Pity the Animal. Okay, yep. Which is one of the best, the best first lines ever. Is Insomniac City in there? No. Oh, you kicked it out. So here is my list. Okay, give it to me. Number one, Felicity by Mary Oliver. You gifted me this collection of poems and I absolutely loved it. And it um, touched me in a way that poetry is meant to touch you. In terms of, I, oh, I still think about it to this day, and I've only really read it covered a couple once. Second one, Hold Your Own by Kay Tempest. Oh, how did I forget surely, that? Surely that was coming. Um, one of my most favorite collections of poems ever. Which you gave to me when yes. I went on aforementioned Queensland holiday when I, I was kind of I falling in love you with you. That. I don't give that to anybody. I know. You gave it yeah. to me to take away with me, and you wrote all of these notes in it for me. Smooth. They're still there. 
Um, and of course, In Cold Blood by Truma Capote, which is what really made me fall in love with writing and big sweeping sentences about middle America. And also it's a great commentary on empathy. I love that book. Um, Slouching Towards Bethlehem by Joan Didion, Mm -hmm. which, you know, has two of my favorite essays in it. One of them is called John Wayne, A Love Song. And it seems so odd to be like, I really loved this essay that Joan Didion, you know, wrote about John Wayne, but... I loved it so much and I felt like I was really sitting beside an icon for the entire time that I read that essay. I think I listened to it and Diane Keaton reads the Joan Didion collection on Audible and it was just amazing and I love it. Joan Didion's writing is amazing and also, of course, Goodbye to All That is contained within that collection Mm -hmm. of Joan Didion's work, which is all about, you know, Joan Didion on loving and leaving New York, which is just... It's, it's the inspiration pretty much for everything that I write. Mm. And, of course, Tonight I'm Someone Else by Chelsea Hodgson. And it was a toss-up between Chelsea Hodgson and Chloe Caldwell. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, borderline flipping a coin. But, you know, the whole line that Chelsea Hodgson has about sitting on, you know, waiting for the fireworks in May, something along those lines, but it's just the best. And I love it. Amazing. So You're right. That is quite a highbrow list. Yes. Definitely more highbrow than mine and also made me realize some that I have missed. So I'm just going to really quickly sneak in a number six. Oh, go on. I Want Hold Your Own by Kay Tempest on mm, my list mm-hmm. too because of the emotional impact. And seven. S- sneaky number seven, mm-hmm. White Oleander by Janet Fitch. Classic overpacker. I oh. used to have that in my top five and it's like shifted around slightly, but I would, I would happily put it back in my top five any old day. It yeah. has the most beautiful, perfect opening chapter of a book I've ever read. I read it three times in a row before I kept reading the whole book. I mean, if you think about your top five desert Island books as the akin to the 95, 96 Chicago Bulls championship team, you know, you've got your top five, but there's some great players on the bench. Is this a sport reference? <laughs> just Can you see my face. blank face? I did that just to see your blank face. You love my blank face. I do. <laughs> okay, so this is a really great segue into our next segment, which was which is equally as highbrow as your top five Desert Island book list, isn't it? Yes, because you have a confession. A highbrow confession. A highbrow confession. About hate watching Twilight on the reg. We'll be right back. I have one very, very big, important question to ask you. Oh, my God, what? I'm, I'm nervous. What? Where the hell you been, Loka? <laughs> <laughs> yes, dear readers, dear listeners, we are talking about our love-hate obsession with Twilight, the movies, the books, mostly the movies, and mostly Never the, the books that we call it Twi Twi. Mm-hmm. Amy is team Edwin, Jacob. Um, who am I? I don't know, but I... Who am... What team am I on? I'm definitely team Bella's mum. <laughs> Laura has a crush on Bella's mum. It is so basic. I'm embarrassed. You're team for Carlisle, you. I would say. I love Carlisle. He does actually make my loins tingle a little bit when he comes on screen. So, let me tell you, Laura, when I first discovered the saga that is Twilight. Now, this is embarrassing. <laughs> when... I was, I think, I want to say 19. I want to say 19. The first movie was coming out. So we're talking 13 years ago. The first movie was coming out. I heard it was a big deal. And my friend from Boost Juice, where I worked, Laura and I both worked at Boost Juice, separate Boost Juices, little fun fact, um, took me to see the movie. I was like, what the fresh hell is this? (laughs) 
I hate this so much. It's awful. Sounds fake. But okay. no, it's for real, for real. <laughs> and then I got curious because everyone was so obsessed. And you know me, if people are obsessed with something, I you'll need to know it. what the fuss is about. You'll watch it. You'll read it. Yeah. So then I proceeded it. to read the entire four books. It was the summer holidays, I believe. It was a very rainy summer holidays. Mm-hmm. I remember that quite clearly. And I was also in a period of depression. I was not very happy in my life or in my relationship. And I think that that's significant because I was reading this story about this like weirdly toxic but idealistic high school relationship. And I had kind of just come out of high school. You're drawing some parallels. I know. And it was just like, oh, it was a bit gross and I didn't like it, but I also couldn't look away. Hmm. I remember that very clearly. Do you remember when you watched the movie for the first time? I've tried to think about this in preparation for this segment. And, you know, my sister, um, who is four years younger than me, was actually quite a big fan of Twilight, of the books, and has, you know, the full set of the books. I've seen them on the shelf at your parents' house. She read them all and loved them. And maybe we might have watched the movie together, but I was basically the same as you. What the heck did I just watch and can I burn my eyes out? But also, great soundtrack. Can you talk about the Ooh, movie? Oh, it is a really good soundtrack. You're right. So, you know, like, I'm the complete opposite to you in that if there is something that everybody is watching, everybody is talking about, everybody is listening to, I will not do that thing. Laura will refuse, <laughs> even if she would probably like it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's my downfall, but hey, here we are. Mm. So pretty much really like my most memorable time of, you know, watching or engaging with Twilight is with you because very early on in our relationship, you got quite sick, like very frequently. <gasps> I did. You had many colds, mm-hmm. many attention-seeking sniffles, and we watched, <laughs> we watched Twilight quite frequently. Yeah. So this is the confession part. Yeah. Is that I? You love it. I cannot stop myself from watching Twilight during the following situations in my life. I'll add some more. Number one. Okay. Number one, when I have really bad period pain. Mm -hmm. Number two, when I am sick. Yep. Any part of under the weather, even if it's just a light sniffle, I immediately want to watch Twilight. Yep. Number three, if it's raining outside. Yep. Number four, all the above together at once. Together at once, or. When we're going to sleep at night. Just a general Tuesday night. (laughs) When you want to wind your brain down. (gasps) Yeah. Or you just really want to watch Twilight. Yeah, but I want to watch it for those above reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there is something comforting about knowing a movie so well and not really liking it. So feeling like no investment in it and like being able to make fun of it. And we make the same dumb jokes about it every time. We're like, oh, it's just so dumb how like... Bella just like follows Edward into the woods and Bella, is like twi- my life now. <laughs> you vampire. Like whatever. We make fun of it all the time. Yeah. And we make the same jokes about it every time and it doesn't get old. I mean, I don't think the Volturi would buy a story. Let's just admit <laughs> the fact that you are in love with Twilight. No, but really, I think that it's important to note here that you have fully converted onto my side of the fence and you also feel like watching Twilight when you have period pain, you're tired, you're stressed out, you need to wind your brain down. (laughs) Yeah. I think the thing is because we, like, it's a weird bonding thing for us, especially because both of us in our lives are very, very busy. And so we go through periods of, like, where we're working on a project and it's, like, 
go, go, go. And, you know, when we come out at the end of it, we kind of have to reintroduce ourselves to each other, which is what's happening over this summer holiday period. Mm. Uh, nice to meet you. Um, but Twilight is one of those things where, like, it just always cracks us up, no matter what. Yeah. No matter what we're doing, no matter what's going on, I could come up to you and be like, where the hell you been, Loka? <laughs> or like, every- How you liking the rain, girl? <laughs> <laughs> every-, every time it rains and I've been outside, I always shake water. <laughs> it's so in Arizona. Are you liking the rain, girl? Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically our confession. But I'm going to ask you, because... Why did you read all of the books, even when you didn't like them? I told you I couldn't look away because I will, like, testament to Stephanie Meyer, they're terribly written, but there is something about them that makes you want to keep reading. Like, you need to you you need to know what the hell is going on and how it's going to end. So she is quite good at keeping you hooked in the narrative. But in saying that, there you are... You read the new one, though. No, I, I didn't. Up. You did. No, I gave up. <laughs> I gave up. And you read the entire Oh, I listened Midnight to it. Sun. I listened to it on yeah. Audible when I was driving to and from work. So it took me like several months, but I got <laughs> through it. And I don't really remember it very well. Like, I don't think I was actually paying attention. But it was because that you and I had made a pact that we would both read it and then we would make funny videos about it. And then, and then we I just, like, like you couldn't bring yourself it. to do it, which is totally fair. And then by the time the window passed, I was suddenly still listening to it, like zoning out on the way to work. I think the thing is we find so much comfort in the things that we know about. Twilight is unfortunately one of those real safety net things. You don't really have a lot of safety net shows like I do, whereas I constantly have Gilmore Girls, The Office, you know, sometimes Parks and Recreation. And like also your bad crime shows. Yeah. Crime crime reenactments. Shows, you know, 90 Day Fiance. Those are your wind down shows. And basically a trash bag. So I have lots (laughs) and lots and lots of kind of, you know, shows that I just have on repeat that help me to verge out. Whereas I don't have that really like watching Twilight for me is my equivalent of watching The Bachelor. It's like something dumb that you don't have to care about or invest in. But it's like, you know, just some little tiny bit of nourishment for your tired brain yeah. to help you go to sleep. And, I mean, you're probably out there thinking, oh, okay, you know, it's fine. They watch Twato when they get sick or, you know, whatever. It's kind of like this weird guilty pleasure. Dear listeners, we took that one step further. We went to Forks. Oh, my God, we went to Forks. We, we, went to, we weren't just driving through. We specifically we went to Forks. We planned our trip to go to Forks. I think we cut our trip short in, like, Portland to go to Forks. Yeah, but hold on. Hold on. Let me just defend us for a second. It was because we wanted to see the amazing big trees it wasn't. in the woods. It wasn't. We want to see the trees. It wasn't. I wanted to see the trees. Yeah. And then you wanted to hear the theme song as you were running through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you wanted to see your body is the best version of itself after you've been turned into a vampire. Yeah, look, who doesn't? But the Pacific Northwest is always a place that I've wanted to do, visit. Do, 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 do. Yeah. And stuff. I've tried to... For a while, um, a few times, and we finally made it happen. And uh, let me tell you, dear listeners, don't ever go there. It was it is a shithole. Like <laughs> they basically, from what I can understand, a lot of Tai Tai was actually filmed in Port Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know where the Bella Italia <laughs> restaurant is. Oh yeah. You know, and you know, like you look at Charlie's lush, beautiful, you know, yard with the tree. Forks is not like that. No. Forks is like the end of the road, don't ever go there, you know, hills have eyes kind of vibe. It was quite scary. Fun fact, 
and you told me this, Stephanie Meyer basically Googled, you know, what town in America has the most rain. Yeah, and, and she'd never been there. there. Yeah, she just set the whole book, the whole series in Forks, but she'd never set foot there. And it shows once you go there. Speaking of Steffi, baby, she makes several cameos in the movie. Oh, the they're most, the cringiest bits. It's like, you know, like, here's your coffee, Stephanie. And it's like this weird No, lingering. here's your veggie burger. <laughs> Here's this like weird lingering shot. And in the wedding, she's sitting there on an aisle seat. Right at the front. Yeah. And it's just like the, the camera just lasts a, like a second too long on her face each time. And I just cannot stand it. It really bugs me. So basically, there's our massive confession. There's our I... defense of the beauty of watching Twilight when you are feeling a little under the weather. <laughs> Anytime. What I would love to know Hard is recommend. What, what anyone's, you know, like similarity is. Maybe Gilmore Girls is like that for people. Or maybe, you know, like The Shining was my movie when it was like raining or cold or like, you know, feeling pretty weird outside. I would put The Shining on because that's me. That's just batshit though. Like, who <laughs> are you? But Amy couldn't get through The Shining. I mean, way. a lot of people have the Harry Potter movies as they're, you know, just like yeah, true, relaxing true, true, in bed, true. hungover on a Sunday kind of movie and we don't really do that like no. we don't really watch the harry potter movies very often i do you don't do you yes. when like do you have a secret life that i don't know about sometimes i just put my phone in my pocket and press play on the movie i feel sad for you right now <laughs> not as sad as i do for you and your love for twi anyway we'll be back the cullens don't come here <laughs> there comes a time in every relationship where you want to sit across from your partner and ask them questions that will drastically throw them under the bus. No, just me. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> we have decided to present ourselves a little bit of a quiz. We're going to test each other on this, that, and the other thing, all about our relationship, just because. And we have not shared these questions with each other, so it is very much a surprise. Laura has a very smug look on her face that is making me incredibly nervous. Would you like to go first? Just rip off the band-aid. Yes. Question number one, Amy, is what does an ideal day look like for me? How much time have you got? Like a full day. Like a full day in an evening. I meant on this podcast. I need to <laughs> explain in detail. Okay. You would like to... Wake up early to get the most out of the day, but also sleep in at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you need to clone yourself for this day to happen. Okay. Yeah. You're going to make a coffee. Maybe I'll make the coffee for you. Ooh. You're going to sit on the deck and you're going to like just stare out at the world and enjoy your time like with a very slow sip sip. Maybe you've got one of your crime podcasts on in your pocket as well. But you're also simultaneously thumbing through a New Yorker magazine mm -hmm. um, and you're eating an ice bovo biscuit. Oh, How am I going so far? That's a great morning. I do love an ice bovo biscuit. Okay. I tend to not live without them. Okay. And then we have pre-packed the night before, including snacks and lunch, mm. to go on a hike. Yeah. And so we go on a bit of a hike. You watch me swim in the ocean and come out feeling like I am reborn with a big smile on my face that you mm. love. Yeah. How am I going? Yeah, really good, actually, so far. Okay. Like, context, I wait? do love that. I do love that when it, whenever you go for a swim in the ocean and you do come out and you just look like you're yeah. a newborn king. <laughs> <laughs> However, is this what you got? Like, did you even plan this day in your mind? No, I didn't. Or just waiting to see what I'll say? I'm just waiting to see what you would say. Okay. Um, and then 
we go out for like maybe a couple of cheeky cocktails. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it's a Mexican food. Oh yeah, good one. Yeah. Good one. Um, and then go home, have a little napo. Yeah. Yeah. Afternoon nap. Do you like this? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Okay, and then um, all right, couple of options for the evening. Mm-hmm. Number one, we Uber eats. Full on binge watch whatever it is that we're watching at the moment. Mm-hmm. We have nothing to do and nowhere to be, and no one is knocking on the door or texting us or asking us to please meet this deadline or whatever. Yeah. Or gold class cinemas. Oof. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Treat yourself. Yeah. Or jump on a plane, fly to New York. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that really would be a perfect day, <laughs> wouldn't it? I thought you were going to say in bed by nine o'clock, which is also my that's perfect my day. Full. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. I would give you probably like 10 Edwards out of 10. Oh, wow. That. Yeah. Oh, I did well. Yeah. Okay, so what would you change? Like, what, what did I miss? Um, Just listening to music in the morning. Oh, that's yeah. That's the one thing that you missed. Okay, yeah. 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 Cool. Good work. All right, thanks. All right. I'm ready. Hit me. What's your question? Who would I instantly leave you for if they knocked on the door? Kristen Stewart. I'll take it. Uh, I was looking for a different answer, though. <laughs> um, that chicka from Mamma Mia. What chicka from Mamma Mia? Who plays a young Meryl Streep. Oh, Lily James. Yep. Oh, yeah, she's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking for something yep. else, though. Blake Lively? Yeah, Blake Lively. Yeah, that was nice, my number one. Nice, That's what I was thinking. nice, nice. All right, nice. cool, 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 cool. My turn. Go on. Question number two. Do you love Albie more than me? Oh, <laughs> this is so awkward. <laughs> no, Dial, I don't love Albie more than you. I understand that he is not a dog, but instead of my precious child. <laughs> no, I understand that Albie is a dog and I love him with all my heart. But I definitely love you more. However, if it came to, like, we're hiking and there's some, like, river rapids and I can grab you or I can grab Albie, I'm probably going to grab Albie. Yeah. Because I think you would be better at saving yourself. He was also quite an expensive dog. You didn't pay for me. (laughs) We paid for Mushy. (laughs) But also, you're right. I understand why I'd grab Albie. I get it. I get it. I would hopefully save myself. Yeah, I think you would. But, like, I could grab Albie. Chuck him to the side, and then I could jump in and get you. Yeah. But if I try to grab you first, it wouldn't like, work. Lug your body out of the river. No. Probably with your backpack on. Albie's already gone. Especially not now after mm-hmm. you know been sitting down at a desk for far too long. <laughs> All right. Good okay. question. Good question. My turn. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most annoying thing that you do? In my eyes. Oh, there's just so many. I know. I can't <laughs> even decide. But like, um, leave cupboards open. Oh. I'm getting annoyed. <laughs> um, I just <laughs> whenever we get into a hotel room, I just all of my stuff explodes everywhere. It's so true. It's everywhere. Like, I don't know. We've been there for less than a minute, and suddenly there's an explosion of Laura's items. Yeah. Like somehow there are three pairs of socks all in different places around the hotel room. Yeah. I forget things. I forget lots and lots of things and, you know, you'll tell me something and I'll go, yes, I'll on it straight away. And it's just instantly out of my brain. Mm. Um, I hate doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. I'm very like messy in the kitchen, but I like to say passionate because I like to cook, <laughs> but I hate washing up. Okay. 
I think it's interesting <laughs> that you are saying that you're passionate in the kitchen and that that is an excuse for you not to wash up. Whereas I would argue that like the fact that you make yourself a coffee every morning and somehow there are coffee grounds all over the bench. There's like a saggy coffee bag sitting in the sink for five days. If I uh-huh. don't put it in the bin, there's like coffee cups strewn all over the house. That's not passion, sweetheart. That's not passion. <laughs> I'm passionately drinking that my is coffee. Mess. Am I am I hitting the nail on the head with yeah, the things that annoy you? I don't yeah. want to throw you under the bus. <laughs> so there's no me. more. There's no more things that annoy oh, you. Oh, there's most. heaps more. But like, let's just leave it at that. Let's just leave it at that. You ask me a question. I love your passion, passive aggression. <laughs> that is my top thing. Okay. <laughs> my final question, Amy. Yeah. If I could have dinner with someone alive or dead, who would it be, and why? Nigella Lawson. Oh, that is a good one. I know. That's a good one. Yeah. Not many people would know that about me either. Yeah. I think that, mm. that's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, I think I want to say Samantha Irby mm. as well. Yeah. 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 Have, are you, do you have someone else in mind? No, I actually didn't have anyone in mind when I, you know, I just okay. wanted to see. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to stick with those two. Good on you. That's great. <laughs> Love that for you. Thanks. Okay. Final question for me. What is a book that I frequently lie about reading or having read? Gosh. Um, People of the Book by Geraldine Brooks. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think yeah. about that. But like, I know so much about that book and we sell it all the time because people love it mm. that I do pretend I've read it. You're so right. Yeah. Confession to everybody who maybe follows us on Instagram. Haven't read the book. I'm sure it's really I great. I hear it's great, though, and I will read it one day for sure. Oh, any sort of other classics, you know, that you're always like, oh, I've got... Amy's always banging on about how she's got a PhD in creative writing, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, when you meet Amy, she's like, hi, I'm a doctor. My name's Amy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> for anybody, actually, context, for anybody who doesn't know us, Amy never, ever, ever reveals that she has a PhD to anybody I do it for her, especially when we're on a plane. I always write Dr. Amy Lovett That's horrible. on the plane. I always, That's whenever we so check dangerous. into a hotel, I always write Dr. Amy Lovett. When we applied for a rental property recently, I wrote Dr. Amy Lovett on the thing. I am living through Dr. Amy Lovett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are the best hype girl out there. Yeah. I will admit that. I just have FOMO that I missed your graduation, so I've got to make up for it. Yeah, all right. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. No worries. Who do you think won that little quiz? I think it was pretty even, to be honest. Yeah, it was. I feel like we know each other pretty well after yeah. three years and countless conversations. Do you think that there's anything that we could say that would still surprise each other? All the time. All the, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, I still I know that I say things that surprise you yeah. or that make you laugh really hard and just, like, <laughs> look shocked that I make you laugh, even though that's something I do every single day. Um, and for you, you definitely say random things sometimes yeah. that I am like, who are you? <laughs> a, <laughs> I love a, it. A gross love warning. Um, there has not a day that has gone by that you have not made me laugh in our relationship. And I just like find that so fascinating every day. And it makes you look so smug because you think you're so funny. But I, I think am it's like, <laughs> so funny. You don't understand. I, I think it's more so than funny. that though. It's more than that. Yeah, it probably is. Anyway, that's enough for today. Thank you so much for listening to episode two of no Reading Makes You Better in Bed. <laughs> in the next episode, we will be sharing five books that you should be reading this summer. We'll talk about our potential rewrite of Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette's musical. 
coming. And we have some very exciting news to share from the world of Amy and Laura. See you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to Reading Makes You Better in Bed with Amy and Laura from Secret Book Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a lit review, and you can find us at secretbookstuff.com. I think you're too old to say that now, darling.